What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and television shows that accompany those universes. Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Marathon for the last time in a good long while. Mm. This is our last one. Wow. The Marvel Movie Marathon comes to an end today as the new year rings true in 2024. Wow. Happy New Year, folks. Happy New Year. We bring you our review for Spider-Man Far From Home. But not just me, Ben Rayside. Also introducing Mr. Ethan Wentzlove. Ethan, how are you doing? I'm feeling kind of like dysfunctional right now because I feel like we, we were reviewing Howard the Duck and then I blipped out for 56 movies and now we're here we're here at far from home all these movies later this is crazy guys we've done what is this our 57th 57th movie 57th I think it is. that's crazy marvel film that we are watching reviewing and ranking guys this is impressive you know what else is impressive Ethan and I, we started this journey, but it's also impressive that Mr. Micah Hett has stayed on with us for each and every one of these Marvel movies. Micah, how are you doing? You know, I, I, I'm a scientific man, mm. and uh, I got to say, there's only one explanation that makes sense to explain why we all were able to be in every single one of these podcasts, which is... It's witches. <laughs> witches. Witches. As, as my man says from this movie. J.B. Smooth. Smooth. Respect on the name. As we have observed, if you go on to Disney Plus right now, he gets one of the starring credits on Disney Plus over Jacob Batalon, who plays Ned Leeds, and even over Mysterio Jake Gyllenhaal, which, mm. is, which is quite something else. J.B. Smooth. Go check him out. Shout he out. was certainly a feature in this movie, Super as well smooth. as many other things, because as this ends out... Uh, our Marvel Movie Marathon, this is the last movie in the year 2019. Marvel movies kind of take a hiatus, but we're here to talk about it. We're here to review it. And going forward, we're going to be talking about a lot of other things. So here's our quick little plug for YouTube. Go check us out there. We've got a video out detailing what is next for the future of our podcast. So go check that out. It is very cool. I'm not going to spoil it here. However, gentlemen, let us get into the multiverse for the very last time and head over to the MCU. Over five years ago, half of all life in the universe, including our own Midtown High, was wiped from existence. But then, eight months ago, a band of brave heroes brought us back. They called it the blip. Those of us who blipped away came back the same age. But our classmates that didn't blip had grown five years older. Peter Parker returns in Spider-Man Far From Home. Our friendly neighborhood superhero decides to join his best friends Ned, MJ, and the rest of the gang on a European vacation. However, Peter's plans to leave superheroics behind for a few weeks is quickly scrapped when he begrudgingly agrees to help Nick Fury uncover the mystery of several elemental creature attacks. Spider-Man and Mysterio join forces to fight the havoc unleashed across the continent but all is not as it seems. And that is your plot summary for Spider-Man Far From Home. A little palate cleanser after Endgame. Most people mm -hmm. did not see Dark Phoenix, so this was the next movie. Nobody, the next saw, nobody saw Dark Phoenix in theaters. <laughs> that uh, people were kind of 
very excited for. And something that was very interesting is that promotional material for this movie happened before Endgame came out. So we knew there was a Spider-Man movie coming out. We knew Tom Holland, even though he was blipped, was going to be back in Spider-Man Far From Home. Did it take away from the emotional impact of Endgame? Not at all. Does this movie take away from the emotional impact of Endgame? We're here to talk about Mm. it. But I want to shoot this over to Mr. Wensloff first. Where were you in 2019? Were you at the theaters watching Spider-Man Far From Home? Yes, I was. I saw this movie in theaters. I don't remember which day I saw it in theaters. It had to have been opening night. I'm, I'm not sure when, but I'm pretty sure... Fact check me on this if you're listening, Lucas. But I saw it with Lucas Reif back in the day. So Whoa. shout out him. I saw it with him. And I, I remember my big takeaway was that was a fun movie. I, I liked the direction. And holy crap, J.K. Simmons is oh. in the MCU. Look at that. Yeah, I really liked it. And upon this, do we dive into this rewatch right now or we we save that? Initial thoughts. Absolutely. Initial, initial thoughts. Yeah. Upon rewatching it. For this marathon, I got to say, I think this is one of the most underrated Marvel films really, in our entire plethora of movies we watched. And I think that's because going into this, most people focus on what this movie isn't, what it isn't and what it doesn't do for Spider-Man, as opposed to focusing on what it is and what it does do really, really well. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. yeah I love that you bring that up because... Weirdly enough, most of the MCU movies, you know, post Far From Home, don't really get the worst rap. They're they're average, if not really, really good. But this this Spider-Man movie really gets very much crapped on among the comic book community, especially now, like as time goes on like this. There, there is a very famous video out there by High Top Films saying that this this particular Spider-Man movie broke him. And there's a lot of other people who really don't like Far From Home. Micah, are you one of those people? Hmm. Did you see this movie opening day? You're a big Spider-Man guy. When this movie came out, I was in Michigan at Lake Ann Camp. Mm. So I couldn't see it opening night. But it was Parker. It's always Parker's birthday around Lake Ann. It's always like the the next week. So that next week, I, I, I just pulled up my Google Maps timeline. And I'm seeing right now... I saw it July 9th at 2.47 right across the street Holy at NCG. Cow. That's crazy. That is This is crazy. the first one where I was like, wow. I could... So, uh, yeah, I saw it, and I remember thinking, Spider-Man. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is kind of like exactly what I wanted out of a Spider-Man movie. I had low expectations going in, just like, yeah, all I wanted was Spider-Man, and Spider-Man was in a movie. So here we go. Okay. I I mean, the trailers kind of set it up. You knew exactly what we were going to get into when you started watching it. So the first hour, very predictable, very just like, all right, they're on a class trip. You got uh, Mysterious in the trailers, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, but yeah. only so, as a hero. Yeah, yeah. So, so you saw that, and you're like, okay, yeah, this is cool. This is predictable. And that's kind of how it was this rewatch, too. I was like, all right, yeah, it's whatever. Feels very bland, very just vanilla. Uh, Spider-Man kid high school adventure out in Europe. And then the hour mark hits. And man, it still hits. Mm. It still hits. Man, uh, I remember uh, just being blown away because I, I didn't know who Mysterio was. I wasn't like that big. I wasn't a comic book Spider-Man fan. I was a uh, Sam Raimi, you know, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man fan. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't seen the, Tobe, uh, the uh, Andrew Garfield ones yet. 
So I, I was super into this and uh, very invested in the characters. I love Jake Hall as Mysterio. And the plot twist was just, it came out of nowhere for me. Mm, it was cool. amazing. Really? Yeah. Okay. I loved it. I loved it when it dropped, and I and you know we'll definitely talk about it. But the the CG with all the the uh, drones and the projectors that was it was mind blowing because you just sit there and you're like, this all seems too good, and then the bar fades. So good. I can't wait to talk about it. So but good. yeah, yeah, this movie I almost considered watching again uh, in theaters. It was only. A couple weeks after they released a, you know how for No Way Home they did a, a more fun stuff edition. Mm -hmm. They did another one like that. Yes. For this movie with I think it was an extended post credit, and a diner beat him up in New York mm. before he goes on his trip. Really? Yes. I didn't see it. So that I, scene I is actually he. It was in the trailers very heavily, and then it was just not in the film. And I was like, where it's in is your Blu-ray special features if you have oh, Blu-ray. Okay. And that was their way. I mean, they gave us more than Endgame did. That's for sure. So it was definitely worth the rewatch to go far from home than it was to Endgame. Now, I was going to see it anyway. But yeah, feelings but, uh, stayed pretty much the same over the few years. I mean, it's solid entry. Is it my favorite? I don't think so. But you know what? does a pretty good job. I agree. This this is something that I really, really yeah. enjoy, and I think it's very underrated. Very underrated. I was oh, yeah. there. Very much dogged on. Especially way too yeah, much. for the amount of hate it gets. This is a pretty, pretty fun movie, I have to say. And I think... That is kind of, I'm hoping going away now because people are seeing this trilogy for what it is mm -hmm. now, the beginning of Spider-Man. I feel like when people started going into this, they were like, all right, this has to be everything. This is Spider-Man coming of age. And to a certain extent, it absolutely was. But this is Spider-Man before his Uncle Ben moment. Yeah. The, yeah. the moment that we all found out that is a, a Nexus event. Uh, what did they call it in... Canon across event. a canon, canon event, event yeah. yes. Before his canon Boy, event, the spaghetti happens. connects. Yes, <laughs> and so <laughs> there are a little bit lower stakes. Yes, he doesn't go through all of the motions, but this does a lot for this version of Spider-Man, mm. and it does one of my favorite things about Spider-Man, and my favorite thing in this movie, and it's the relationship between. Tom Holland and Zendaya. I think they have mm. great chemistry, guys. And I'm going to go out on a limb with a hot take here. I am going to say this is the best couple. that uh, Spider-Man couple? Best Spider-Man Spider couple. couple. Over okay. Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. I know oh, you're, I, I used to say. Yeah. I used to say I Andrew like Garfield and Emma Stone. Yes. I like Emma Stone, I think, the best as a female lead, as, as the counterpart between them. But I think chemistry-wise, I think... Uh, Relationship-wise, I root so much for these two. They work so well together. Are you building this up against Miles and Gwen too? From in absolutely, into? Okay. I think I think their relationship. I'm not gonna lie, might be the weakest one. I, they, it's definitely there, but it's it's bogged down by them not like I think least developed. Yeah, it's just not developed enough. It's barely given, especially upon rewatch. I'm reminded about how little Gwen Stacy is actually in that first one compared to Across the Spider-Verse. Mm. But this one, man, I root for these two so much and their awkwardness is so, like, relatable. So good. It's so good. relatable. For high schoolers, man. It totally is. Uh, just the, 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 like, he's staring at her. She looks at him. He looks away. I think 
the all this stuff with the traveling to getting to where, where are they? Paris, France. Where do they all start? They're in Italy. Oh, they're, they're in, in uh, Italy is their first one. Yes, Italy or Venice. Venice, Venice, right? They're in Venice. Everything where they're just traveling, they're just on a high school field trip. That I found to be like my favorite part of yes. the movie, specifically when they're on the plane and they're getting ready to fly. All the humor there, mm-hmm. I loved. And Martin Martin Starr, shout out to him returning as whatever the teacher's name is. Mm-hmm. He's he's great. And when when Nadi goes up, he's like, "Hey, uh, Peter, Peter's throwing up." The, the perfumes making him sick. <laughs> Martin Starr jumps in actually like, all right, you're going over there. You're going over there. Yeah, perfume and then right. <laughs> and then Brad. Brad, the blip stuff they do with Brad is so that's funny. Good. Yes. Yeah. I like Brad. A I lot. wish they used more blip stuff, honestly, because I think that's what that's makes this movie unique. Because it's so close to the blip. This would be the time to really just Dig your hands into all these different little ways you can use right. it. Right, they, they don't. They use the blip more of as a, a punch this line. little inconvenience that happened, yeah. as opposed to, holy crap, this was life changing. Here's how we're gonna like, introduce a character that's gonna be the Brad. same age and yes, but this movie is also set many months after eight months Endgame, eight mm-hmm. months after, in fact, and you think like, oh my gosh. This should be a huge thing for these teenagers. Mm. But think back. I mean, you deal with a huge event. COVID happens. And yeah, the first week, it's like... Same thing, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I guess so. The whole world shuts down. They even kind of described it the same way. Like when Happy was growing his uh, his blip beard. That's <laughs> you know, what it is. Growing, like, the COVID it just beards. becomes part of your life. I like the how natural it is. Like when they're on the plane, like... Um, uh, waitress, uh, he blipped, so technically he's not uh, 21, he's, he's, he's 16. 16. Like, that's like, wait, how wait. you would use it as a yeah. high schooler. You just adapt to whatever mm-hmm. it is because you're just that young, and it's not like you don't have the perspective yet of all these years of living normally. And then it's just to an older person, yeah, for sure. And that's what it's dealt more with in those other Marvel films. But this is just a teenager. Guess what? I got one thing on my mind and it's trying to impress this girl mm-hmm. over all over anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not mad at that. Even though I recognize that some people I might think be. For me, it's 50-50. And that first hour, some of it really, really works for me. And some of it just eh, kind of like slips past. Like what? What specifically? I'm thinking of when they're just kind of Right when they enter Venice and they're just doing like kid things, they're just like, it's a montage of like with the birds and with the camera and mm. with the, that didn't really work as well for me. I feel like they could have cut that whole first hour in half and we mm. still would have gotten, you know, it wouldn't, we wouldn't have spent as much time with them. Sure. And, but they could have had more quality, like things, iconic things to do there. You know, they're, they're just kind of like. We're taking pictures and now yeah. we're with birds and now we're in this place. Like if they had more places like Peter going into that jewelry shop and buying that thing, mm. uh, that would be cool. More things that are specific, more small, more like localized. So there's Ned and uh, what's her face and they're in the boat. That's cool. That's like, all right, we're in Venice. That's cool. I don't know. I just wish they did more. They had to fit in the the shield Nick Fury aspect of it as well. Yeah, yeah, but they they have the time. I feel, I feel that they 
really take their time in that first hour and that's an artistic choice that just doesn't agree with me and, you, and it, it like i totally get it it's a high school thing you gotta you gotta that's why it was for homecoming too i remember watching homecoming uh this last time and the first hour was very like all right this is the this is the high school era this is like everything's cool uh there's some high school drama you know things are going on but like nothing nothing too serious and then the last half you know, Vulture turns around in the car with the gun. That's what happens. And it's exactly what happens in this movie, too, because exactly on the hour mark, it's revealed that Mysterio is a bad guy. So it to me, John Watts was doing that like that was that's what he was going for. And I respect so, that. It's just for me, I feel the first hour could have been used more plot wise instead of setting up this calm, like peaceful high school like everything's okay environment you know what i mean one of the things that stood out to me and this goes to your point is actually a lot of people critique no way home for being kind of it feels kind of disconnected from this but john watts who directed all three of these he has a very similar formula for each one oh, yeah. of his films there is the beginning to his films which is really just the setting you into the world of where it is now and this is europe the first one has it in high school and the second one is oh my gosh the third one is everyone knows who spider-man is yeah and then there's always a point in each one of these films where it takes a 180 heel turn the first is when vultures revealed to be the father of spider-man's love interest this, this is, is a little Mysterio. later it's a little later in the movie in homecoming oh, right. it. yeah it's yeah. it's there it's right not around halfway. The it's not halfway, but there's always that moment, that heel turn moment where everything kind of just changes. And in this one, it's Mysterio. In No Way Home, obviously, it is when all the three Spider-Man come in and the hallway sequence. I mean, it kind of happens in a, a bunch of moments in No Way Home, but there is a heel turn. You know, the Uncle That's Ben moment and, and oh, the Aunt May moment, I think, is all. Yeah. yeah, right. That moment. But all of them have that specific huge Oh my gosh, now the movie's and totally different. This is my take. So John Watts was open when he got the homecoming gig that he the next movie he wanted to do was a, was a high school coming of age story. And I think for me, at least with these 3 movies, that's where he's at his best. Like you're talking about how the heel turn at the hour mark is where the movie gets good for you. Mm -hmm. That's where it starts to turn for me. That first hour is what I love. Mm. I love the the coming of age, the the awkwardness, the like I would take a whole movie with like this is just me with these and the characters. I'd take a whole movie without Spider-Man with this universe. That's just how I think John Watts does this so well. And you feel that. And that could be a critique where, okay, the most appealing part of this movie isn't the Spider-Man stuff, to me at least. Hmm. So I, I really like his coming of age stuff because you feel the passion behind that a ton. What else has John Watts done? Has I, he done any like pure coming of age? Like, well, I don't know because he he said the next one he wanted to do was uh would have been right before Homecoming. So I think Homecoming and this movie kind of took that he hasn't done story much. he wanted to do. Yeah, so not a lot under his belt. Oh, nice. He did the Onion News Network ten episodes of that. This is an example of a, a director that Marvel took who didn't really do much. And I would say that really paid off. Mm -hmm. I really like, yeah. I dude, this movie is really good. Can I just say something? Jake Gyllenhaal is an absolute treat in this oh, movie. Yeah. I don't know if we, speaking from the, Mar the MCU point and the Raimi movies, 
I don't really know that we've ever gotten a terrible, terrible villain. Venom. Eddie yeah. Brock. Okay. Or, uh, All right. Tope, you know what? For Grace Venom. I take that back. He is, he is pretty terrible. Electro. He is pretty terrible. Not the Amazing Spider-Man has. I'm. I would say almost. Oh. Yeah, Electro is pretty buns. Electro is not great. Lizard is not that great either. Goblin. Rhino, bro. Goblin. Goblin yeah. from. We're not uh, going to talk about two. the Amazing Spider-Man. Rhino. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh. All the freaking. <laughs> All the freaking more than half are pretty not good. Am I wrong though? Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> really he's good. so yeah. fantastic. He's definitely in the upper half. Yeah, I think I think it's even funnier with the lack of care the actor gives to the MCU as a whole. You watch him in any interview. What 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 are your guys' favorite Marvel movies? Tom Holland's there giving a genuine answer. He's like, I, I think the first Iron Man, and then Jake Gyllenhaal's like, Oh yeah, that one. Just saying whatever Tom Holland yeah. says. Jake Gyllenhaal's <laughs> never seen a Marvel movie. I go on record thinking that. Wow. Totally, like that is that's great because he, his, like, he bounces off Spider Man. I think Tom really, Holland, really, really yeah, well. really well. I, like, like genuinely, I love their dynamic. When, like the the balcony scene yeah. when he like flies up and he's like, "Hey, kid." You know, you can do a great job. You're actually endeared to the character <laughs> yeah. of Mysterio. Like, yeah. You fit, like, That's he, why the twist works so well for me, going because he's into, so genuine. Right. I'm surprised that it twist. Like, I completely knew that Mysterio was a villain in the comics, and I was like, all right, eventually he's going to turn into a villain in this movie. I'm just waiting for that moment mm-hmm. to happen in this. The yeah. fights before the twist kind of felt pointless to me because I knew where the twist was going. All of the, the like, there was no threat for me mm. that, you know, anything. But you know, that, that's building. that's every movie on a rewatch, sure, that you know what's going to happen. But I felt like there wasn't any, there wasn't any like hints that there could have been a projectionist or something going on. And that's what makes a twist rewatchable mm. is putting these little, little sprinkles of. Well, if you look, all the damage that's done in those things are bullet holes. So, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't look at that. They yeah. actually do damage. They actually do damage the surrounding area. It's not all just a production. Like, it has to be yeah, yeah, real yeah. in some way. But I, I didn't look at the bullet holes. That's a good catch. Mm. I Yeah, it's... But I love Mysterio as a character. I love the idea of all of these ex-Stark uh, Industries employees that we've we've seen a couple of them, too. Yes. I mean... Uh, Mysterio so was what, kind of there. What do we think about his cover story? From coming from a different multiverse, I think uh, I think Scroll Nick Fury is a little too stupid in this moment. Well, I mean, well, the, the post credit scene kind of revealed. <laughs> How was I supposed to know? And he even a... said, and he even says that at like the end, he was like, I don't know, I was kind of wary of this from the start, you know. Although Maria Hill does go back on him, he's like, he had no idea. Yeah, mm. but he is a scroll. He's not Nick Fury. So it's, it's kind of it's kind of viable, I would say. Yeah. But it, I like if it was me and I didn't know Mysterio, him coming from another universe or another world. Right. Like I eat that up. I'm I like, completely like, forgot okay. about that uh, line, and I bought it for a second because I forgot where they came from. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, Mysterio. <laughs> 
yeah sure yeah that's sick all right he comes from a different multiverse i, I did i forgot that at first yeah. i'm like okay so this is how they're gonna do mysterio in this he's yeah. gonna be a villain but he's from another universe the multiverse does exist this was the first time i'm like in the mcu and this, acknowledged. Is this is post spider-verse so we're we're aware of like a but a we multiverse. had no idea in the mcu yeah. though, we had no idea it was gonna show right. up in the mcu and they revealed it in the trailers and new rock stars. I remember watching countless breakdowns of holy cow, this is another universe. And mm-hmm. then they kind of call, they like, like make fun of it. You know, after a while, they're like, it, they, everyone would have bought that. It's exactly what people are buying right now. Great cover story. I like that whole sequence of him revealing the monologue. You even get the Christmas story kid in this. That Tony epic Stark built this in a cave. Yes, dude. With a box of scraps. And I think rounding out Mysterio, the the illusion sequence mm. is probably one of the best sequences in our marathon. I'd go on record to say that that scene is amazing. Define sequence. The whole from the moment Spider-Man lands in that CGI world and Mysterio just beats him up pretty cool oh yeah i love that sequence Mm -hmm. even though it's all cgi i think it's so impressively like well done that i I don't know i just it gives you the doctor strange trippiness of the mirror dimension mixed with like the whoa (laughs) if you're putting mysterio in a marvel film this is a good one that exactly is what you need to have Mm, a masterful illusion sequence and i i hope i hope that's not the last we see of him right I really hope that we see Mysterio again, even though it's been we could. many movies and he's not dead, right? Well, maybe there's a way that he'll remember him. Maybe that'll be the connection. That would be cool if they bring him back for the fourth movie and that's like, he actually is from a different multiverse or something. And <laughs> then they go back. I'm grasping for straws here, but what the maybe they'll use his technology, the barf. Yeah. yeah. And then it'll tap into the memory cortex and it'll extract the Peter Parker's Spider-Man or there's a speaking lot of, of the yeah. Peter Parker reveal. This is the first cameo of a multi like a, a multiverse cameo that we've had. Speaking of J. Jonah Jameson. Other than Stanley. Other than Stanley. Other than sure, other than Stanley. J. Jonah but this Jameson. Is, this was huge. That was huge at the this time. This was gigantic, guys. Yeah. Like, if they had to figure out a way to top Endgame. <laughs> J.K. Simmons, baby. Dude, J.K. Simmons. You, that, can, you do like, not recast J.K. Simmons. You don't. No. And the, right, the guy in the Spider-Man game is okay. Ta- like he ta- is. Tasm, the Amazing Spider-Man movies were too afraid to yeah. even put a J. Jonah. They, like you have one scene of Andrew Garfield emailing J. Jonah Jameson. Are these pictures good? Sad? <laughs> no, they're bonds, man. But no, Mysterio. Before we jump on oh. to J. Jonah, no, go ahead. No. Before no, we do that, like Mysterio is super cool in this, and they do like a, they do him a little differently than what you typically see from him. Uh, he's more of a theatrics guy. Like there's a great comic run of Daredevil where I'm not going to reveal the run because I want people to read it organically. But this whole run, there's a mystery afoot. You're like, what the heck is happening? And it's revealed in the end that Mysterio has been pulling the strings. And really, it is, it is super cool. This this run. But a Mysterio is a really cool villain, but they do him a little differently in this with tech and drones, whereas it's very like he's typically more of an illusionist. Yes. And mm. theatrical. He has that power. 
Yeah. It's not just all tech based. Mm-hmm. Which you know, it was a cool way to ground him. Though. Same thing with Vulture and Homecoming. It's more just based on Tony's tech, mm-hmm. which is a, a big critique that a lot Iron of people have. Iron Boy Junior. Iron uh, Spider Man has it. All the villains have it. It's it would be nice to have a villain that is actually organically a Spider Man villain. Another critique that people have is that this movie and the Spider Man movies in general just play off of Tony Stark too much. Like there's no no character hates Spider Man. They all hate Iron Man. It's you the, know, so it's never personal. It's the world. It's the it's the world, man. Tony starts it all. Everything's gonna tie into Tony. And I think that we really needed something that paid homage to Tony after Endgame. Like everywhere I look, I see his face. All that stuff is really good and it symbolizes moving on and it's for the for the next tony stark mm-hmm. this is your gift yep and to me i really felt like this movie especially now where the fan base is this movie channels a lot of that energy that fans have towards the mcu where there's that press conference sequence where tom holland's spider-man is being interviewed and they're like are you the new Tony Stark? Who who's the leader of the Avengers? Who are they now? That that's so much. That's us as fans. Yeah, and then he says, to the MCU. "Can I please just have more friendly neighborhood questions?" Yeah. I love yeah. that because mm-hmm. it, it tells you exactly what he's thinking right now. He just wants. I mean, he always just wanted to be that friendly neighborhood Spider Man, and then he was ripped into space, and now here we are. You know something about Tom Holland in that suit. Iron when Spider? He was, yeah, when he was sitting next to like, or when he was standing next to Aunt May, he just kind of looks boxy. CG. Like, yeah. not, not, I think well, he's supposed to look CG. You look at the like, ori- original, you know, trailer shot even, he's not in that suit. Yeah, it's it's like, just in general, Tom Holland Spider-Man is not like, he he doesn't have that typical Spider-Man build, tall and lanky. It's, it's, I, I don't know. He just, it's, there's something about the look that doesn't agree mm-hmm. with me. If we're talking look, I think he gets some two really cool looks in this movie. I really like the, the night monkey the suit suits. is really yes. unique. And then the, the ending suit, the, it's more of a Navy blue as opposed to our, our brighter yeah. blue. I like that. It's pretty I th- slick. I think it's black. It's not really very close. dark blue. It's close. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Are we pot? Because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna push back on that. I think it's black. Uh oh. Here's your mini fig. Mini fig is black. Oh, here, right. I'm not oh, talking into the mic, guys. <laughs> I brought the mini fig, and I'm pretty sure that that mini fig is black. Get the flashlight out. What? That also yeah, could black. be a misprint. But misprint. Who has? Who has a? Uh, Rare. I'll pull up a picture, Mike, on the screen. This is gonna. We got kill, it right here. It's gonna kill us all. All right. I'm almost certain it's black. You could be right. Well, it's it, the No Way Home suit, right? Or well, it's, uh, no, no, no. This is yeah, Far From Home new suit. Because he has it in No Way Home. Just type in uh, No Way Home, uh, Far From Home black suit, and then <laughs> the black suit that'll show it up. Because I guess it is black, but it, it's black. It, it looks kind of navy. Either way, it's a slick look. It really, really is. Man. I like it a lot. You run this a lot in Spider-Man PS4. It's like one of the suits you're not ashamed to wear. No, I only wore the Toby suit. I mean, okay, that that's definitely fair. That suit. As is soon one as of I unlocked ones. that one, that was the only one I wore till post game when I started unlocking other yeah, things. That, I was like, oh yeah, that's a cool suit, Toby suit. That is sweet. <laughs> he does have really cool suits. I this Spider Man, no complaints with any of the suits. I don't think that he has. I I like them. Some some people say it's over designed. What about the but, Mardi Gras suit? 
the little yeah. Mardi Gras mask. I really like that. The bells. It, it's <laughs> yeah. just Tom Holland walking around with a flat with just said that's shirt his up. favorite scene that he's ever done in Spider-Man. Well, if you look at it, it really? it's him jumping around like yeah. that scene where he runs across those posts on the water. That looks really I think it's really impressive visually. I know a lot of it is CG. Because that's him. That, it, it's him. They, yeah. They hung him up and they ran him across the poles. And... That scene where he gets pulled on the bridge and hits the side of the bridge and all the water dumps on him. They did that shot many, many times. And he had a blast doing it. Yeah. Blast of water. Blast of water. Blast of water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Okay. I want to go back to, to Micah talking about uh, J. Jonah Jameson. The, yes. Because that moment in theaters... That's one of the last great, I would say, post-credit scenes that we've seen in a good long agree. while. Yeah, because Bro, you're totally forgetting about Harry Styles' Eros. Come on now. <laughs> yes, I am forgetting about that actually, and, Blade. and that says a lot. Yeah, a faceless Blade. Well, <laughs> this recently, uh, as in this <laughs> week, James Gunn went on record saying that there's been a lot of. Uh, part of my French cameo porn mm. around. That's a word to use. That is true. It is the yeah. word. Which uh, we got to pretend. Uh, and I think this is the floodgates. Pretend for a second that James Gunn isn't also a victim of that. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. But this, I feel, is, is the source of, I mean, it's the source of the, the beginning of the multiverse cameos, right? In live action, at least. And it just opens up the floodgates to literally anyone can but cameo. What's, yeah. what's awesome about this cameo is... He wasn't brought in via multiverse shenanigans. He yep. just is this universe, J. Jonah Jameson. And also, this guy has something to say. This he's J. Jonah Jameson is revealing yes. Peter Parker's identity. That's so cool. And who better? Who better to do that? Yeah. Yeah. He is such a good get, especially for like he elevates No Way Home. Like there's a lot of things that elevate No Way Home, but he is one of them. We get that epic sequence of him talking, like monologuing about what it means to be Spider-Man everywhere Spider-Man goes, you know, chaos. It's a post credit scene that gets you hype. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Going back to that. That's what a lot of post credit scenes don't do. Like, especially on a rewatch, which post credit scenes are getting you hype nowadays. And I'm not talking about, okay, yeah, there's no movie. There's no project announced for this post credit scene. I'm talking about just like, what adds to the story that you're already watching that teases a future involvement? Like, what have we seen recently that's been hype at all? And this is one of the last of the greats that I've seen in a while. Well, speaking of what we did just see, uh, a post credit scene that in this movie was finally paid off was the Nick Fury in space. Yes. Finally got Ooh. that done. Oh, <laughs> can't wait to see him in the next project. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait Which to see him in the Marvels. Four years later, it's either the Se- Marvels, Secret Invasion, or the Marvels. Either way, chronologically, it's the Marvels. Something right? Something good. I'm confident that Secret Invasion was supposed to come out post Captain Marvel. When is Secret or Invasion post? Timeline-wise? I think it's supposed to be Secret Invasion and then the Marvels, but right. the it's so loose right now you can't even tell. Their oh their Timeline list. I don't even think they know their list, but. It's revealed that Nick Fury is a scroll. Kind of changes the way. And Colby Smulders. Yeah, yes. she's a scroll. Who's kind of there in this movie. She's just there. When was her last, like, good role? Winter what? Soldier, probably. She had a good role. D- did she? What does she do in that movie? She saves them in that truck. Right. 
Right. And she helps. I mean, when you say good, has she ever had a good? I think she's role? pretty fun in that first Avengers movie. Because that's true. Uh, yeah, you're like introduced to the to Shield before you're really introduced to the to the Avengers in that she movie. She was supposed to get a much bigger role. There's actually a deleted scene in Avengers where she is kind of like they hint towards her being like a rival, like a an opposite to Nick Fury. Who loves the Avengers? She's gonna be the one who like. Nah, I don't like these people. Well, spoiler alert: they never uh, give her anything to do because they kill her at the beginning of Secret Invasion. So, oh man, so emotional. Good for that. Yeah, good. Take take a few of the good characters that we like, and they they kill a couple in Secret Invasion that you're actually both post credit scene characters. I think they kill in this movie. Good, good on that show. is the end of the timeline so far. Okay. So it is the end of our Marvel fandom, I guess. Oh, wait. I don't know where the Marvel <laughs> is. That symbolism Marvel. right I guess there. the Marvels is not on the timeline. <laughs> well, <laughs> sure. Oh. Remember when the, the sequel trilogy came out? They're like, wipe this from canon. Yeah, I think gone. they already wiped the Marvels from canon. I don't know. It's not on the uh, MCU fandom. <laughs> not uh, even there. Wikipedia. They stopped no, they reporting. just haven't figured out where it fits yet. <laughs> They're like, wait, this isn't the same... No, Nick they, Fury. They have to tweak the Blu-ray release, and then they'll put it out there with a few minor alterations to make it fit. There you go. Right. With a Brie Larson change, intro, change a statue's <laughs> color. Hey guys, you know, throw some. <laughs> oh, she'll hey do guys. like the cap sitting in the chair. Yeah. Thanks thing. for thanks for watching this movie. <laughs> sure. I, I love you guys. Sorry, it's just it's really hard not to just crap on Marvel, where from where they have gone. Because this, I mean, well, we're talking about it. in a very positive light to what this movie yes. is, because this movie takes a character and does something with it. <laughs> and, and it has fun in universe. Yeah. I want to point out the uh, the school broadcast they did at the beginning with the immemorium. Yes. There is a deleted scene that they, they build up that even further. Yeah, but. it's so great. I love uh, just how they threw together this thing and it's like all these stock Just the pictures green and... screen is so bright on <laughs> oh, their face. I love it. Yes. I love it. And, um, that was, I think one of my favorite parts of homecoming and I'm glad that they brought it back for this. Yes. Another really great character in this is uh, Zendaya. I think she is great. Like, I think, yeah, keep, keep going. Keep going. She, her interplay off of Spider-Man is really good. I like that she kind of has been stalking him mm. and it makes sense. That was good. That she would figure out that Spider-Man is who he is, especially in this day and age. It's kind of hard With how <laughs> it's kind of hard to keep that a secret nowadays. Everywhere Spider-Man, everywhere Peter goes, Spider-Man you know, is there. This came out on a Tuesday. No, no, that's not, that's not Spider-Man. That, that was a, that was Night Monkey. <laughs> that's on the news and the news yeah, never, never lies. Never lies. That's a fun pay payoff. The... Their awkwardness, especially my favorite sequence with them, is when she goes and sits down at the theater, and all Spider Man wants to do yes. is go on this vacation and spend some time with MJ. And at the theater, she's there, and Brad sneaks up. Oh man, I hate that guy. And he <laughs> has to look at her. And and the first time I saw this, and even now, it rings true. Is that is the essence of Spider-Man? Yes. Him sitting there choosing the responsibility over what he really wants. What's going to help? It's going to save everyone here. But man, do I want to spend it's what, time? It's with what Spider-Man Two did so well with Tobey yes. Maguire. Is yeah. you have to sacrifice your own selfish wants, your own selfish needs, 
uh, your own desires for the greater good, for that responsibility that you have. And they they sell it really well in this movie by making it practical. Like he he just wants a summer vacation. You could call that selfish, but that's just called being a man, being a boy, wanting to have the girl of your right. This girl you're crushing on. And he just wants to spend time with her. And you got Brad here who blipped forward and is a hunk of a man. Just a drop in the bucket compared to the next movie, though, man, because like, oh, we think that we've seen Spider-Man sacrifice it all for. Mm. uh, Slowly, he learns more and more responsibility over what he wants Mm. as a person. Yeah. And I mean, it all comes full circle in No Way Home. But in this one. In the first one, it's more about his high school life in general and just choosing to be that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But in this one, they really delve into the relationship side. He has a relationship, but this one is much stronger. He definitely, Mm -hmm. you can tell he wants this relationship more. He wants to be with someday. He's got this whole plan laid out. American bachelors in Paris or whatever with Ned, who then ends up with Betty Brant. Which I think is a great that gag. stuff is so good. That, yeah, that was hilarious. Come on, I feel like for the first hour though, there are different. Like, all of the school buddies have their one trick. I mean, um, that one teacher's got the witches. Like he just kept saying, "Yeah, it's the witches," you know. JB's and then uh, Ned and JB. Betty Brant, they've got their thing going on, and Flash has his live stream, and what's his name, Blake? He's just always up in Zendaya and. Brad. 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 Whatever his name Brad. is. Brad. Yeah. yeah. I forgot too. They're Brad fly- Blake. His name's Brad Blake, isn't it? I don't it know. It might be. I think it's Brad Blake. Anyway. I'll go with it. Um, and then there's just extra school person A and B. And I know. There's so many extras. <laughs> like, yeah. Who and, are you? And uh then all of a sudden, at the hour mark, once again, I feel like Zendaya figured out MJ's character. Or maybe she was just given more lines or something. She feels like a different character after, like, the bridge scene. I'm talking about the bridge scene. Once that happens, she just feels so much more natural around. And, and, and that could be a character well, choice. That's part of the, the character, too. It where... could be. A, yeah. And if that's a character choice, then great. That's awesome. Uh, I just feel like it's a different character. A heel turn. All of a sudden, and yeah. That, the the that, heel turn is more yeah. than just plot. It's more than that's it's very, characters. That's too. like with people, too, though. When, yeah. you, when you're first getting to know them. And now that I'm saying it, it makes sense. Come standoffish, but then once you get to see who they are, yeah. really, you understand them for all their quirks and interesting you know, choices they make. You're like, that's still a person I can love. Yeah. But, yeah. And yeah. that's something I said in Homecoming, too, is that Zendaya's character in Homecoming acts absolutely nothing like she does in No Way Home. And yeah, there's two movies in between there, but like at all, (laughs) she's got these character quirks. You know what I'm talking about? Like the ones where she's acting awkward and stuff, but I don't feel like she acts awkward at all in No Way Home. She, she grows. Yeah, that could be great. She grows. Yeah. They're they're freshmen. And I can totally see that. Yeah. They're sophomores in this one. And then in that one, they're seniors. They're graduating. They're going Mm -hmm. to college, which I don't know timeline wise how that really works out. But, um, there are seniors in there and it's perfectly yeah. acceptable. So I've, as you go, as you get, as you become more sociable, you know, I was definitely awkward as a freshman. And then as a senior, I, yeah. I definitely grew in four years, you know, so bet. she in, grows in this movie. That's the coming of age part in that way. Yes. I, I just, I really wish that Dick. going back now with a hindsight view, I wish that she had been more of a character in homecoming. 
I really, like, I really yeah. wish that. Yeah. Totally. I, I think she should have been more of a character even in this movie at the beginning. In No Way Home, it's so big and so bombastic. And then their relationship kind of takes, you know, I mean, it kind of just has to when you bring in two other huge Spider-Man characters. But I wish they would have developed her more. Mm-hmm. Their relationship, I hope we that's not the end of it. Maybe they could have even added uh, in, in the beginning some... A little bit of return like maybe she's got other than looks other than glances right maybe a little bit of a year and hey could i sit next to peter can i you know and then the teacher's like no no no, you have perfume on or something mm. like that would have been a cool little i don't know just I, thinking of ways yeah. that we could have improved the relationship with yeah. with the two in the first hour i also really like the scene on the bridge when they talk about a conversation that we've had on this podcast many times with Spider-Man relationships, do you only date him because he's Spider-Man? That's true. They have that conversation on the bridge. Were you only paying attention? Were you only watching me because you thought I was Spider-Man? And uh, yeah, why, why else would I be watching you? You know, like, like uh, there, there does she, no reason, no does she yeah, take right. the leap now just because he's Spider-Man or... I guess that is up for debate. That's always a debate once the girlfriend knows, though. Like, come on, it's... But I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh Huh? That's why I'd be Ned in that situation, because he's Spider-Man. That's why I'm friends with you, Micah. Hey, don't... Are you revealing this right now? Right here, right now? Cut this out. New year, new me. I am Iron Man. Very nice. (laughs) Uh, Do we want to say anything else? About Far so From Home. I no Stan Lee cameo. Oh, yeah. No Stan Lee First cameo. MCU live action with no Stan Lee. The um, deleted scenes are always worth watching with these John Watts films because good. what always get, gets cut from these movies aren't dramatic moments. They're just great comedic bits yeah. that get cut from this movie. And there's a ton on the Blu-ray if you go watch the special features. But all of Flash's uh, live stream footage that's available on the... Uh, Blue. He actually recorded. Oh, yeah, wow. He was actually recording, so it's really cool. That's awesome. You get to see him practically on set and stuff. So and, and that's really Dude, fun. That is really cool. But uh, one big critique I have: there's a sequence that every time I watch this, I hate. Oh, I with know. With a passion, I, it is he go the rest stop. Yep. The, the woman's I was like bring that up. the woman's like, take off your clothes, get naked, teenage boy, get naked in front of me right now. Okay, what well, that doesn't need to happen. And then the sequence where the drone comes and attacks the I bus. Hate that whole sequence. I hate that whole sequence because it it's so stupid and it th- that's where a lot of the critique comes in. Like, why would you give this guy glasses? Why would you give this boy the Edith glasses? But that's kind of the point of it. Tony Stark trusts Peter. Yeah, it's a big responsibility, but Great power comes great responsibility. So that's his lesson to learn here. And I just think that sequence is really stupid where they're mm. like, let's demonstrate how dangerous the drones can be. Mm. But then also how none of his classmates see him jump out of the, oh, look, a, a llama or whatever he it says. A sheep stretch. It, yeah. it so, is to build up the fact that Peter doesn't trust himself yeah. with it. And that's fair, but... I think even to go back to the to the get naked scene, it doesn't pay off anywhere. That's all. Like there's the there's the one scene where the guy's like, "I had a picture of him. He was naked." Right. It's well, all. Well, let's not take pictures of people in the bathroom. Like, right. that's it. It's all there to 
It's all there for Brad <laughs> to get the picture. It's for him to get the picture, and then for Peter to try to delete the picture with the glasses, have the drone come in, destroy the bus. That's why That's why he has to randomly get naked in front of this chick. When, in the context of the movie, it doesn't even make sense. Why would he get the suit on in the first place? Right, the right. suit is going to fit. The, the, <laughs> try it on. The suit fits, right. wear it. Or here, go into that room and try it on. The suit always fits. Take off your Eventually. pants. Hey, all I will say is that they are in Europe. They things, win, in, things, win in Rome, you know. Things operate a little differently Who in knows? Europe, you know. Yeah. There's that scene from Home Alone, right? In Europe? No, no, no. Uh, What's-his-face is talking French about. French shave their pits. Yes. Yes. That's the scene I'm talking about. <laughs> they get down new beaches. Not in the winter. <laughs> See? They do things differently in Europe. Dude, buzz, man. Buzz is the Cinematic best. great character. <laughs> yes. With that, though, I say we go into favorite character yeah, in Spider-Man Far From Home. Micah, do you have a favorite character? Ensemble cast. There's a lot of people to choose from. Ooh. I mean, we didn't even talk about it. Happy Hogan. John okay. Favreau great in this. I don't know if he'll tell you, Steve Cheeseburgers. I will, I will give him a shout-out, though. Micah, right. we, we know you want Marissa Tomei. We know Ooh. you want Marissa Tomei. Oh, doggy. Oh, man. Why'd you bring her up again? We need to get a towel. Micah's dripping sweat for you audio listeners. Marissa Tomei. Aunt May. Uh, I'm going to go with whoo, Jake Gyllenhaal. Man. Yes. Oh, dang. The, he's Ooh. dripping more sweat. Playing both sides here, I guess, today. Yeah, it wasn't you. It was me. He was... You know what? Uh, I, I really liked his connection with... Uh, Tom Holland, the synergy is there. Uh, just the way that I mean, I told you, I I told you at the beginning, like I didn't know that he was gonna be a villain. I knew nothing about Mysterio mm. going into this movie, and he plays that perfectly. I had no doubts until that hour mark where it flips, and yeah, it's a little exposition dumpy where they're in the bar and everyone's sitting slack jaw, like what? He was a villain the whole time. But I, it works for me. I really like that scene. I really like how they just bring all these little bit of cameo porn, right? But it, that was the first time they did it. And it, mm. it worked. It worked for me. So I, I, I like his power set. I like how okay. he, he doesn't have right. powers, but he uses the blackmail yeah. as his powers. That's cool. Yeah. Did he actually die at the end? Yeah, right? I don't think he did. No? I'm, I'm going to go heavily debated. There is a there is a file that Christmas Story Boy takes out of the computer, download complete. Christmas Story Boy, <laughs> and why not Elf Boy? I mean, he's certainly there at the end. I, I would say he's not dead. Okay, I'm saying he's not dead. He's coming back eventually. Yeah, they can they can use him again. Mm-hmm. Ethan, who's your favorite character? Favorite character? I'm gonna go Ned Leeds. I I like Ned a lot in this movie and the guy in the chair. The guy in the chair. I love the fun energy he brings, and I think all the comedic moments. He's he's kind of at the at the center of it. I I love all the I love the coming to age story with with this guy and and Ned is a center of that. Where I think John Watts does that so well. The the coming of age story and uh yeah, d- deleted scenes are definitely worth watching with these. But I think he has a lot of good comedic bits, and he's like uh, his uh, stuff with Betty Brandt really is so funny to me. Peter, oh, Peter, right, Peter, <laughs> babe, oh, babe. Oh, babe. Like, I got a dual dual headphone adapter. Uh, but yeah, he he leaves him at the opera. He has one job for Ned. 
stay here. Okay, stay here. And then he's like, um, no, no, I, th- I think his name's Night Monkey. Um, Night Monkey! Night Monkey! <laughs> what like, a dated what? joke with a uh, dual headphone adapter. He is great. Yes, I guess a great yeah. pick. So I like Natalie. I, I, good energy I he brings the, to the these I love the hotel movies. room uh, doorway. With that, their I think th- that was my favorite. He's like, oh, uh, n- nice costume for the... <laughs> The costume party, ultimate <laughs> wingman. Come on, are you kidding me? <laughs> or when, uh, when he's sleeping, when like, how would she not know? When he, like, he gets the, darted, and costume uh, party. when Nick Fury darts him, and everyone Dude, keeps like coming, the best to, thing coming of my to life. the door, <laughs> Nick <Yeah>. Fury, <laughs> but it wasn't even Nick Fury. Wait, he doesn't need to know that. No, okay? no, no. Don't burst Ned's bubble, Give all right? Him. Give it to him. Come on. Although Ned's at MIT There are right some now. scenes that don't work as well because that's Talos. Oh, man. Every scene. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I just need another Nick like, Fury in his armored Suburban. Yeah, I know. Tanking down the strength. Bring back the winter, of, winter Soldier Nick Fury. Oh, come on. Bring... Uh, we could go down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> of what we need to bring back. Yeah. I think my favorite character is J.B. Smooth. No. J.B. Oh. Smooth. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to I'm gonna take Aunt a May. moment here to shout out Tom Holland. Oh. Sorry. Not Aunt May, Micah. It's not going to be Aunt May. Uh, I think he gets Ooh. a very bad rap. He is easily, I think, nowadays considered to be the worst of the three. He Come comes on. in last on a lot of people's lists, and I, I really just, I got to disagree his acting ability, the way he has shaped this character to fit his own performance, I think works really well. He has excellent chemistry with everyone in the movie, and I think he plays a young high school teenage Peter Parker very well, especially yep. in this movie. I think I would go so far as to say this is better than Homecoming by a little bit, I mm. would say. I really like Far From Home, and I think a lot of it is due to Tom Holland, and I think he is, I think it's very overrated because he gives a very great performance in this one. But Tom Holland is my favorite mm. in this. Okay. Favorite scene. Oh. Favorite scene. Favorite scene. Yeah. What, me? In Far From Home, Micah. <laughs> me? Me? Who? <laughs> you want me? Um, I liked, I'm going to take the, the balcony scene with, with, um, Spider-Man and Mysterio just because it just knocked me out of the park. That was the first moment where I was like, all right, there's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. There he is. I was waiting for it. And the, the, finally the acting chops come out. And, um, you know, I, I also want to shout out, not, not like the scene in general, but just the way that he holds up the exposition of Mysterio's character in the breakdown sequences yeah. where they're underground in the base. And they're like, yeah, the the flux capacitors are, you know, in the multiversal <laughs> modes and the elementals are going to and you're like, "Oh, dude, I t- t- can't agree with you more." I like that. <laughs> I love it. And uh just Yeah, my favorite scene is Jake Gyllenhaal. It's like, "Don't ever apologize nice. for being the smartest guy in the room." Yes. yes. I yeah. love those little lines that just make all the difference and knowing that they were fed in from some screenwriter from the other room. Dude, that's great. The the scene when they're going over the plan, yeah. and he's like, and then Mr. Beck, Mysterio, and he, like gives, he, him that, him. he gives him that look. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, oh, that's great. great. Yep. Good scene, Micah. Good yeah. scene. Ethan? I like um, the entire airport sequence at the beginning when they're 
at the airport. About Civil War? No, I'm talking. No, not Civil War. I, I, that's where my I'm brain talking went. about I'm this one, where they're getting out of the plane. I think the the humor and the situational comedy is at its best right there. And and Ned's just he's like, what is it, Dragon Slayer? What does Ned want to play? Some some Beast Slayer. Beast Slayer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like literally him on the. <laughs> Yes, it's just Ned on the screen. I bet that, that those bits really got me. And that's what really stood out this watch of the movie. Yes, I love Mysterio. Yes, I love Peter and MJ. But the just the teenage hijinks are what really made this movie shine for me. This mm. watch. If this movie came out six months later, that dual headphone jack thing, like AirPods were coming out at that yeah. time. Mm. And people were like, AirPods will never take on. Like wireless earbuds? No way. Not me. Not me. <laughs> Not me. Uh, I'm okay. I'll go with the illusion sequence. I got to go with it, man. Over the bridge sequence? Over the bridge. Well, I love those moments, but just technically impressive on this movie, I got to go with that scene. The visual of the the snow globe on Mysterio's head is yeah. really, really great. The Iron Man sequence. If maybe you, if you had been better maybe he would still be alive. Mm. And he comes out of the grave, that Iron Man. I love if that sequence. If you had been better, just like the end of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you got to do better, Mr. Oh. Politician Man. You got to do better. Yeah, because uh, I'm not going to get into it. Another but... shout out. I love the uh, the theater sequence when they're uh, rehearsing the projections. And he's like, all right, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. double that. Double the double the munitions. Not quite my tempo. Not, not quite my temple. <laughs> That's what I thought of. That's what I J.K. Simmons. This is it, guys. It's the last time we're going to be able to do this. Micah, give us a rundown. Now. This For is now. the last movie before... Our break. Martin Scorsese's famous line. <laughs> oh, yeah. October 2019, Martin Scorsese says that Marvel movies are theme parks. Now, this is going to be a teaser for our breakdown of our entire Marvel movie watch through, so stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, we will be asking the question, was Scorsese right? Mm. I wanted to get that out of the way before our scores. So, Spider-Man Far From Home, Rotten Tomatoes critic is a 90%. Rotten Tomatoes audience is a 95. Metacritic is a 69. Whoa, nice. nice. Metacritic users is 7.5 on, Was the time. audience score for this on Rotten Tomatoes a 95? A 90. Oh, audience 95, yeah. Holy cow. IMDb 7.4. Pretty impressive. Letterboxd 3.5 out of 5, giving us an average of 7.8 out of 10. 7.8 out of 10, putting it at 18th place for top 20. Uh, internet. Yeah. A lot of Spider-Man movies are in the top 20 here. We have uh, Far From Home coming at the at the bottom. Uh, oh, actually, Homecoming was 20th place. Far From Home was 18th place. Wow. Spider-Man 2 was 8th place. No Way Home is 4th place. Into the Spider-Verse, 2nd place. And Across the Spider-Verse coming at the top. Wow. Lots of Spider-Man movies up there. Will this rank Dude, the same it was amazing in Spider-Man our 2. infamous Hollywood Reporter ranking. Oh boy. Ooh. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, what are you doing? Uh, guys, <laughs> this is, we, we've been here a while. Um, Hollywood Reporter put out an article. Was that a year ago? year ago now? Two years ago? Listing every Marvel movie, including uh, some non-MCU projects. And uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm going to miss this list. Is it higher or lower than No Way Home? 
This is higher. higher. It's got to be higher. This yeah. is higher? Higher. Yeah. All, all right, all right. A little higher? According to them. They put it higher. A little higher? Not me. Spider-Man Far From Home is 22nd place wow. on The Hollywood Reporter. 24th place belongs to No Way Home. Wow. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. That's what Ouch. he thought. Ouch. So, yeah, just underneath no the Deadpool trash movies. Anyway, so. yeah, no Way Home is kind of not yeah. me. Buns. Buns. That's what I was going to say. Definitely not peak like, uh, hey, like Venom. Oh. Oh. Yeah, we, we broke up. Does that mean... Oh, my MacBook's almost dead. Guys, this is it. We Does have that... to finish it up. We got to finish it up, guys. All right, let's go with our scores. All right, so... Last scores come out of the Marvel Movie Marathon. 57. I don't want this to end. What's it going to be? Actually, I kind of do. I want to move on to our next project. I'm very excited for what's to come. I'm not going to lie. Ethan and I were talking about it last week. very weekend, excited uh... for the, the way I'm going to be viewing these Ooh. next movies. Yeah. <laughs> Very out of, excited. Out of a new lens. A new Guys, we're moving frame. on too fast, okay? You're right, you're right, you're right. Ethan. Gotta give us a score. Ethan, Micah, what do you got? Could you do me the honor of just scroll down one tick on there? Okay. Oh, hold on, hold on. I got you. Perfect. That That's all Bonk. I need on the, on the massive spreadsheet. So yeah, I really like this movie, guys. I think that Far From Home, like I said, opening, the most underrated Spider-Man movie and... To me, the most underrated Marvel movie we've had, and that—that that is not to say that this movie is exceptional. That's not to say that this is great, but I just really hate the hate that this movie gets. Hate the hate. I hate the hate because I think what John Watts does with this is really fun. He tells a really fun story, and at 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 the center, at its core, is also a really good Spider-Man story with good characters surrounding him, great relationships built, and a really good villain. And I mean, we got to talk about that spider, uh, spider sense sequence that he uses to ultimately take down oh, yes. Mysterio. Great sequence right there. I I think there's a little bit in the middle where it loses me. I hate the bus stuff. I hate the the yeah the Edith glasses could be critiqued, but I like I like what that symbolizes. And a big critique people throw this way is Tony Stark left the glasses to a dead teenage boy. You know what? How does that make sense? Well, the whole reason Tony fought in Endgame was because he saw the picture of Peter, okay? Not the whole reason, but the, a big a, portion a of it. A huge yeah. reason why yes. why he fought in Endgame was for that. So that that would be my answer to that critique. But no, I think it's a really solid film, and I do like this more than Homecoming. Where did I put Homecoming? Ethan, you put Homecoming. What did I give Homecoming out uh, of 10? A 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Okay. Uh I want to also I want to put this I don't I don't want to go 8 with this. I don't think it's quite an 8. You know what? Yeah, I do. Let's go 8. Okay. I like I like this okay. at an 8. I think it is really solid film. It's not great in any way, but I think it does It's not great in any way. It's not great <laughs> in any 10. way, but it <laughs> does so <laughs> many, but it does so many things so well. It does a lot so well that I really enjoy this movie. I like that. I liked it a lot. So an 8 is where I okay. want to put this. Mr. Hett, Spider-Man Far From Home. This is, I think, my second time watching this movie. And, um, you know, both times I've been very the same about it. Uh, I, I feel like the beginning has some rough patches, uh, the first half. Um, but once you start getting to the Mysterio stuff, once you start delving into the characters and uh, you get mj and and pete's relationship going you get ned in there kind of third wheeling but not really you know he, he's there he's he's a good wingman and and yeah he is you know 
Would I put it higher than Homecoming? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's a lower movie. I did give Homecoming a, a pretty high score compared to you guys, uh, or, or at least compared to Ethan. I gave it a 7.8. Ethan, you gave it a, a 7.5. Ben, you gave it an 8. Right? Yeah. Um, I would give it a couple points lower, not too much lower. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. I like it. Middle of the road there. Interesting. Wait, wait, wait. 7.5 or was it 7.4? Let me double you check. You just said 7.5. 7.5. Does that lock it in? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. 7.5. No. 7.5. That's exactly where I want to put it. We're good. 7.5. He's got it, folks. 7.5. Okay, bad. Yeah. Not quite the uh, not quite the greatest Spider-Man movie, in my opinion. Not quite the worst. This is a great Spider-Man movie, in my opinion. Many people critique the fact that he goes off to Europe. I actually really like that. I think it puts him in some cool scenarios. Uh, he gets naked, being one Ooh. of them. Uh, I I think this Tom Holland is great. Zendaya is great. Jake Gyllenhaal is one of the best villains I think that we have seen on this on this Marvel movie marathon. His performance is great, uh, and I think the where this movie goes and what it sets up makes this even more special to me. But where it shines. For me specifically, in one of the best aspects is the relationship between uh, Pete and MJ. I think their chemistry is great. The awkwardness, I love. I love that they don't make it like they do in Amazing Spider-Man between them where it's just very... It's it's like the cool kid getting with the cool girl and it's like their writing is just... I don't know. It The awkwardness really sells it and makes mm-hmm. me root for these mm-hmm. characters. And I think that is done really well. Special effects really well done i love seeing j jonah jameson and i this is this is one of my this is one of my favorites i'm not gonna lie i really like the whole marathon and yes really this is definitely in my top 20 i think you undersold your excitement throughout this podcast then i probably did yeah but i don't really think i said almost anything negative about this movie either so with that i do like this better than homecoming i gave homecoming an eight i'm giving this an 8.5 oh what did um just just to satisfy my own itch, what did you give the Amazing Spider-Man 2? 8.5. Oh my goodness. That's right. And this is better than that. Well, easily. I don't think so. Yeah. Not well, you lie. gave them both, both an 8.5, so you wouldn't solidify that one is better than the other with your score. If you went an 8.4 with this, I would believe you, Ben. I would never ever do that. See, I only that's go your half problem. points. Yep. See? Your own scoring method has destroyed but you. Ben. I can tell you which one I like more, and that is Amazing Spider-Man 2. But a score doesn't reflect that, guys. Mm. Sorry. Nope, my words reflect that. Nope. Well, so, yep. Ben, with an 8.5, Ethan, with a 8, eight and me with a 7.5, That's that an, gives us a clean. A clean 8? 8 out of 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're cleanly at an 8? Cleanly at an eight. Work there right it is, there. right there. Okay. So, and that puts us. That puts us at nineteenth place. Okay. All right. Kicking homecoming out of the top twenty. Oh. Oh. Do you want to hear our our Spider Man ranking while we've got it? Yes, yes. I would love All to. All right. Uh, so coming in in first place, we've got Toby. into the Spider Verse fifth oh, place. Yes. Okay. Here, let me go to the screen. Good. Into the Spider Verse is fifth place. Then we've got well deserved uh, Spider-Man Two. Good. Then we've got what is places Spider-Man Two. Far from home. Oh, uh, I don't know. Second place, tenth place. <laughs> Top ten. 
Yeah. It stayed in the top 10? Top 10. Guys. Guys, Raimi, uh, we'll, we'll freak out about that later, but... <laughs> that is amazing. Save that for later. That's that an amazing, amazing Spider-Man right there. That is so amazing. we've got, in the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 2, Far From Home. We've got Spider-Man. Those are both uh, 19th and wow. 20th place. That's Far Raimi, Spider-Man 1. Third? Homecoming, 22nd place. Ouch. Uh, amazing Spider-Man 2, yes. 24th okay. place. It's under the... Spider-Man 3, mm. 26th place. And coming at all the way Ooh, up, 41st place. Amazing Spider-Man. We hated that, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Going from 26 to 41. Ouch. Fun to look at our scores, guys. And we're going to do that with a wrap-up video. Same bad time. Next week. Well... We don't know or when it's coming some, out. Said I some, would say at some point, there's guys. a lot we still have to do. We we got to get our end of the year thoughts out, and that's going to be a fun one. True. The multiverse awards. Uh, I think that one is next on the docket. We've got some scheduling things. It's the holidays. There's a lot going on, but expect both of those. A wrap up with all of these scores, and I I have I don't know if I've settled on if we get to change three of our scores yet. I don't know because. It might mess with the integrity of our list, but I'm still ironing out those. If you think that's a bad idea, let us know down in the comments below. But look forward to a Marvel movie marathon wrap-up for this first half, this big chunk, because now it looks like Kang Dynasty is going to be delayed even longer. Is it even going to be Kang Dynasty at this Ugh. point? Because as of us recording this, yeah. Jonathan Majors has been... Convicted guilty. Speaking of post credits, guilty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Quantumania. <laughs> no bueno. So Ooh. it might be a while until we do that, but we've certainly got a lot of other things planned uh, in the meantime. So as we ring in this new year in 2024, we wish you a happy new year. Gentlemen, I wish you guys a happy new year. Oh, thank you. I'm very excited for where Multiverse Monologues oh, is, our new year uh, episode? is going to take. It is. Happy it, new absolutely, it absolutely is. We made it. <laughs> I said that at the at beginning, the I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you did. I, I you just did. wasn't so, paying attention to you. I don't, I don't listen to you for half the... Yeah, my... Dang, my, my. Ouch. Don't oh, worry, that's man. all podcast listeners. They don't listen to us half the time. Hit me right here. Um, But look forward to all of that as we go forward. It has truly been an honor yes. going on this journey with you boys. This is the last Marvel movie we're going to talk about. But not for a definitely, while. Definitely not the last Marvel movie because we got, ever. We've got yeah. four peak Marvel films coming next, next year. Well, I, should just say, I should just say three. I'm not really hyped for Deadpool 3. Deadpool 3 will be trash, but we got Craven the Hunter, Echo. Venom 3. I'm looking forward to Echo. Uh, Echo Morbius I actually 2. am looking forward to. I'm not going to lie. Madam Web. So we will, we're going to try... I really want to try and do more new stuff new that comes stuff, out yeah. okay. in 2024 Fine. because Fine. we definitely made this a priority and we're definitely going to make our future marathons a priority too but I want to I want to do more reviews for stuff coming out new movies and stuff like that so look forward to all of that in the new year we wish you a happy new year this is Ben Rayside this is Ned Leeds this is Night Micah oh signing off we all hope you have an absolutely fantastic new year Dab. Hulk out. Hulk out. <laughs> Gotta go to a costume contest. <laughs>